Hello, welcome back to First Time Films. Just now, it'll be me hosting, because this is one of the greatest films ever created in mankind history. I must say so myself. Um, not just the greatest animated film ever as well. And with me today, I have David Campbell. David, yeah. Bye. say hello. Hello, it's good to see you all. All right, that's enough for David, thank you. Um, and Dominic, how are you? This is Dominic Miller, this is a friend of David's who's now on the podcast and kindly give us our time to talk about this magnificent film. Dominic, how's it going? It's going very well. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to be here. How are you feeling? You nervous? Um, I feel I'm feeling okay. You know, um, it's it's one of those things. Just any excuse to talk about this film, you know, I'll happily take. So I think that will kind of guide me along. Oh, I mean, you're going to be best friends in this one then. And it's like, <laughs> so basically, the rule of any guest on first time films is David is the enemy. <laughs> uh, the renegades, the rebels, and David is with us constantly. So see whatever David says, even if he's right, tell him he's wrong. Right? You anyway, wait, please. Okay, okay, okay. Like, please, not gonna do. <laughs> so this film, guys, mm-hmm. Spider Man into the Spider Verse, right? Mm-hmm. It came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Produced by Phil Lord, Chris Miller, the guys who made 21 Jump Street, the Lego Movie, with a 90 million budget. It made 375.5 million at the box office. So, considering you always double the budget which the film got for uh, marketing, mm. 180 million. Like, look how big that is. Yeah. They made mm. bank with that film. I want your initial reactions when you first seen it. How do you see it? What was your expectations of it? Dominic, I'll go with you first. Um, okay, I remember. Um, I remember when I, I went to see it for the first time. Um, I one thing I was quite aware of was um, the opening, because obviously in the trailers uh, they had Jake Johnson do the the opening narration, and then yep. uh, they switch out with Chris Pine for the start of the film, and that's when I realised, oh my god, they're starting this film from the perspective of the Spider Man who's gonna get killed off. <laughs> like I just because I know the Miles Morales origin, so I knew it was gonna. St- you know, it was going to involve a Peter Parker dying, so it was like, yeah. oh no, we're, we're, we're getting all invested in this version of Spider-Man, and then he's going to die in about half an hour. So, well, um, I mean, I mean, I was like, as a huge Spider-Man fan myself, like, I was absolutely, <laughs> like, totally amazed when, like, not just when Peter Parker dies, it was, like, still expected, but they made a blonde, like, mm. what the hell happened there? Nothing um, up with that. Mm. <laughs> well, David, I want to go to your initial reaction, so let's bring that out. Can I be honest? I was fully prepared to hate it. Like, because this was in the middle of my anti-Sony phase, which I don't think mm. I've ever oh, came out of. <laughs> so... Also, Dominic, I want to just give you a wee disclaimer here. The name Amy Pascal is banned from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> David loses oh. his mind, man. He hates her. But I, I don't hate her, I just think she said some incredibly stupid things in the past. Um, and just like, see with Sony, it's like they, they throw wet paper towels at the wall and most of them just slide down into a big pile of shite. But then there's a few good paper towels that hit the wall <laughs> and stick. And I think this is a time they got lucky because the difference with Disney and Sony was Disney did not want to give uh, Lord and Miller uh, creative scope and opportunity with their Han Solo movie. What they did here, even though they're producing and not directing, you do feel uh, their fingers in this pie a lot. They let them implement their vision of what this Spider-Man movie should be. The whole team did a marvellous job. And I think the secret to this movie, lack of studio interference, it's an animated production. 
it was vibrant, it was bold, and it ended up marvellous, and I was prepared to hate it. Oh my said. god, you said Marvel twice in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking sick, man. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, it's uh, about Spider-Man, funnily enough. And basically it's about a story of Miles Morales, who gets bitten by a radioactive spider. But Miles Morales isn't your normal Peter Parker that we've seen previously in films. He is a Hispanic boy from New York, who lives in a world where Spider-Man already exists. But sadly, um, he goes into contact with Spider-Man and he dies. But somehow, other Spider-Men start appearing throughout the universe, within his universe. So it's a total tale of not just one Spider-Man that we've seen before, but multiple, multiple origins, multiple Ben Parkers dying. Um, it's, it's a total anarchy, uh, like mess. But oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. I think... Um, it's a mess. <laughs> but yeah. you can't... Like, I'm at, like it's five... Even five years ago, three years ago, if you told me this film was um, going to make so much money and it was going to have Miles Morales, Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, Spider Ham, Spider Man Noir, and you would think that's so much. That's like Spider Man Three, where there were so many characters you don't know what to do with. <laughs> but I feel like this film in itself, it handled so many characters, so many origins. It knew for a fact, like it was making fun of itself the full time, but it knew for a fact the audience knows it's sick of hearing about. Uh, Spider-Man's origin and superhero origins and just superheroes in general and they just made that their own they just made it their own film and because it's animated as well they had free reign to do whatever they want with it um, but I just think it is it is one of the m- most perfect superhero films if not one of the most perfect animated films I would mm. like to agree, um, argue as well but uh, guys what do you think of what I just said there do you agree disagree let me know um, David I'll go to you I do agree to an extent, mm-hmm. but they also did have their cake and eat it too because, like you say, they didn't have like the origin of the Spider-Man. They didn't have an Uncle Ben dying in this one. They did, in a sense, still they did have still an uncle dying. So we still got that emotional beat. And what's what? new is old, and what old is new. They've managed to reinvent it and put a new face on it, which I thought was probably that's the point in the movie I can look at and think these guys know exactly what they're doing because they're still getting that emotional pathos of like an Uncle Ben's death or a family member dying but because they've managed to cloud it with this much smoke and mirrors and they've made the Prowler character uh, his Uncle Aaron so interesting casting him a Mahershala Ali to give him um, that sort of emotional renaissance like you said like they, we don't have an Uncle Ben dying because that'd be boring again but we do have something very similar which uh, this new slant on it, this new spin on the origin, it just oh works so great. I, I mean, I think you're totally right. What you're saying it's still the same origin to a certain extent, but I think with Miles Morales' uncle dying, spoilers, it's a prelude. He's dead. Um, <laughs> Rest but in it, peace. It, it totally like um, like you've got more, so much more backing with that uncle. Like with Uncle Ben, it was more like he was a father figure, and then he gets shot, and oh, sad and very sad. Okay, um, <laughs> but with this prowler, has got much more of a backing to it. He's he is a villain. He, he he's an actual very threatening villain in the comics as well. But in this, he's more he's just a henchman. He's just a hitman for hire. But you see him with his interaction with Miles as a nephew, and how when he realizes Miles is like the new spider-man how he changes leaf and he helps him out and like i think it does have a much more bigger weight to it i mean I, it was affected me more than seeing another uncle ben die that's for sure but one thing i want to get back to is the peter b parker in this i think is the pinnacle of sensational spider-man 
I think <laughs> he's absolutely brilliant in this. And considering it's exactly how you imagine Spider-Man would be from our perspective of what would Spider-Man be like if he'd done that job for 20, 25 years and he just started getting lazy. And then it's amazing. I love it so much because Seeker's been doing it so long. He's like anyone else in like an industry that's just been working. Like if you're a joiner, a plumber, you become so good at your job, you can do it with your hands behind your back. So that's what he is. So like even though he's fat, even though he's lazy, even though he's slow, he's still so good at his job. Um, and I, I just feel like he's what everything he wants to be, but obviously there's bits missing here and there. Like he's like torn apart and this is how he finds me back. Etc. Etc. But from you guys' perspective, what do you think's better, Peter B. Parker or the original blonde Peter Parker? Dom, I'll go to you. Um. Well, the point of I think it's an unfair competition because the whole point of the Peter Parker that dies is that he's he's the one who got everything right. You know, the whole point of his character is that he's a juxtaposition to the kind of the more familiar Peter Parker that we see in Peter B. The, the idea is, is that, you know, it's imagining a version of Spider-Man who, I mean, Spider-Man is, is a character who is constantly, who makes mistakes but learns from his mistakes, you know, and that's that's certainly something that Peter B. goes through, whereas the point of the, the Peter Parker that dies at the beginning, he's supposed to be this perfect, you know, somewhat embodiment of what of you know he yeah. does everything right he makes all the right sort of marketing deals you know he's he's handsome he's confident he's slim you know and that means for miles it's it's much harder to to live up to because this spider-man seems so perfect there's slight hints that maybe not everything's so great like when he's like you know being beaten up he's just like oh i'm so tired and he's you can see that he's quite keen to potentially pass on the legacy but yeah. it's like I think it's unfair to compare Peter Parker to Peter B. Parker and see which is better because they both serve very different purposes. If you're asking which one is most representative of who Peter Parker is throughout, you know, the whole franchise, it'd be Peter B. Parker. But that's because that is the role he's supposed to embody. Whereas Peter Parker at the start of the film, he's not like he's not really ultimate Peter Parker at all. He's not really any comic version. He's he's this you know, almost idealized yeah. version that every other character in a certain sense has to live up to. And it's certainly what Miles feels he has to learn, live up to. Um, I could actually go, I, I'm tempted to to go back to what you were saying about the origin as well, you know, because you were saying how how they changed certain bits um, and made it made its own sort of thing unique. Like, um, I think what's really impressive about this film is that Miles' origin is distinctive from Peter Parker's. And even when, even though he has the beat of the dead uncle, it serves a very different purpose in the story. You know, it's about, it's whereas Uncle Ben was about Peter realizing he made a mistake, that he made a selfish choice, and trying to learn from that selfish choice. For um, for Miles, it's more of him slowly coming to terms with the fact that he can actually be Spider Man. That people, that even in his dying moments, his uncle chooses to tell him you're the best out of all of us, you can achieve so much if you can, and it's just about, it's more about him realising, A, he can't save everyone, but B, that doesn't stop him from being Spider-Man. So it's this idea where there are certain beats that are the same, but overall the path is different, but it's all towards the same destination. With great power comes great responsibility, but, you know, it's a different spin on it. But I just love yeah. how you didn't really mention that at all. 
in the whole film. Like they always hint at it with great power comes great responsibility, but they never outright say it, which is great. I think because everyone again knows it, like he knows what he's got to do. Everyone's got this underline. He knows he's got to just find his own way. But that brings me to Miles Morales in general, and I want to know, like, so I'm a comic book reader, and I knew who Miles was going into this film. I knew what he was supposed to be. I knew it was going to be. But I don't know about you guys, uh, David. I know he doesn't read comics mm. that much. David, what do you think? What did you? What were your thoughts? I I only knew about him in passing. You know, what I mean, having heard about him from other people talking about Miles Morales, and I was a bit sick of it because, like, at first, like, I was thinking, what? I was like, no, my spider, like, my Spider-Man is oh. Peter Parker. You know, what I mean, I was like, Peter oh. Parker is Spider-Man. What is this? They're rebooting everyone. Everyone's a different person. Within the first two See, minutes, I'm going to stop you right there. See, every single f- like you're an absolute pest with films, right? <laughs> what? Because, no, because you go about things need to change, things need to be different, and when things try to be changed and different, you go, No, you can't do that. That's my Spider Man. You <laughs> you're absolutely at it. See, I'm with- a hypocrite. We're all hypocrites. We're <laughs> right? actually hypocrites, all right? Uh, to be but fair we're- to David's. Honestly, I keep calling him David. It's Truff, right? Truff is honestly, <laughs> he's got this opinion, right? But I get what he means. I love Spider-Man with all my heart. And going into this film, I heard things here and there. I wasn't, I was trying to avoid reviews and all that, and I've seen it. Um, but see when you've seen Sony Pictures animation come up, uh, a wee bit inside me. I mean, I literally rewatched the film the other day, and I still like swallowed and went, oh no. Yeah, I <laughs> like, no. But the thing um, is, five minutes in, love Miles Morales and I want to see him again. You know what I mean? I'll be up for even the MCU version if Tom Holland eventually has to pass on the role, getting the Miles Morales in that universe, you know what I mean? Because it is a different character, it is an interesting character. Yeah. And there's stories you can tell with Miles Morales that you just can't tell with Peter Parker. And that doesn't mean that Peter Parker is a bad character, it just means that he's a different character to what Miles is, and it was I, good to see a fresh take on it. I think Peter Parker... It's, it's like the comics. You've exhausted every avenue. Within 90 minutes, I think we've seen Peter Parker do a lot. Um, mm. And with the coming of the Venom film TMCU and all that, it's looking very much like we will be jumping universes, especially with our sequel to this film and the Madam Web film, which seems like it's going to be branching out into all sorts. But one question I will ask is, though, see if Miles Morales were to come from this animated universe into our own universe, and I'm talking, I'm talking our own three one six universe, which would be the MCU universe. Right. Um, what would who would play Miles Morales in the real world? Justice Smith. That was that was locked and loaded to be shot, David. I watched Detective Pikachu again the other day, <laughs> and I I I like him. I think he's a really good actor with good potential. I'd go with Justice Smith in a heartbeat. Oh. Well, you have any ideas? Mm, that you know, Justice Smith. That 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 could work. It's funny. It's funny because you also have to bear in mind like um, when's when's he coming in? How old would we be? Presumably, because because yep, yep. Miles Miles is about twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. and and you know traditionally. So it's the question of if you're going for it that young a Miles. I mean, obviously Tom Holland is like five years older than Peter Parker, but it's like you know. How how old how young do you you kind of want to go with it? But yeah, like on a you know just throwing out a name, I think Justice Smith's a good pick. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I think a few years ago, um, I'm talking like six or seven years ago when like Amazing Spider-Man was getting rebooted and like that whole talk and if Miles Morales was coming out then. I mean, uh, Donald Glover 
name was getting thrown about mm. like silly. But Donald Glover's got older, um, mm. and he's now he's now been established in the MCU as the Prowler. Um, mm, so Miles yes. Morales does exist in the MCU universe, but we don't mm. know what age he is, as you said. We don't know who he is. He's obviously not going to spider yeah. that we know of. So that maybe Mate, do you know good? Oh, go tell me. Caleb McLaughlin, the wee guy from Stranger Things. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. No thanks. You're just picking black actors out of nowhere. No, <laughs> no I'm not. not, not <laughs> I've looked through a 25 person list here. Oh, are you cheating? <laughs> this podcast is on offline only. You Justice Smith, I pulled out my arse, but I looked after that to see if I could find anyone else. And I do think he'd be good. I like when he sings, uh, makes fun of Dustin at the end of season three, and he starts singing Never Ending Story. That's really funny. That's, that's yeah. fair, man. No, it else is really funny when you go off topic and not talk about Spider-Man. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> But one thing I want to get on to, and none of this Stranger Things push, is the animation style. I think mm. they nailed it with this. I don't see because you could easily just made a cartoon version of Spider-Man, put it on screen, and it would have still been good. It would have still been a good film, but the animation style in this is totally unique. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Trof, and you bloody will if, I, if I'm wrong here, <laughs> but did Sony not try to copyright this animation style? Actually, I've read about that ages ago, and I can't remember specifically, but I do I do think you're right. I do think they did try and do something stupid like that. Like, um, <laughs> the way it was. So basically, what it is, is it, lo- it looks like a comic book, like the dotted, it makes the dots all go together, and it's, you can see it's not a solid colour, but you can also see where it stands out when they highlight things in. When Miles gets bitten by the radioactive spider, he starts hearing his own voice in his head like, louder and louder, which would get brings up text boxes as if it was a comic book and you can see like different like when he makes a web come out of his hands it's like mm. flip and it shows the sound effects and all that it's very clever because it's very it's minute on the screen when you're not looking for it if that makes sense but when you're looking mm-hmm. for it, it's everywhere and i think it's just i think they nailed it because it is a comic book film so why not make it a comic book not like if you've ever seen fucking ang lee's the hulk oh my god if when they like they show like comic book boards and it's like going from one scene to another and i sincerely hope one of you know what i'm talking about here and it's i know and it's, i haven't seen hulk i've seen bits of hulk so i know exactly what you're talking about oh it's I, I don't think it's a dreadful movie but the wee, oh, the wee transitions movie, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the transitions and stuff are bad, but I think you're being that, like, the animation in Spider-Man at the Spider-Verse is the best technical animation I've ever seen. Oh, like, that doesn't mean I think it's the best animated film I've ever seen, but in terms of, like, the technique behind it and the skill it takes to make this, I've never seen something animated that I've been like, wow, I actually don't know how many years, how much work must have went into making sure that every frame is a work of art, which it is. That sounds cliche and pure wanky to say, but mm-hmm. it is. You could freeze frame and anything in Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse and you'd be looking at it and you're like, oh, that looks lovely. And then in the background, there's probably like 10 dozen million Easter eggs and mm-hmm. stuff that they've managed to plant in there. There's a reason that it won the Oscar and it was because of like its groundbreaking anima- animation and mm-hmm. how much went into that. So props mm-hmm. to them, it was class. Can we single out just quickly um, how they used the frame rate? So like... Most of the characters, the more experienced spider folk, uh, move at 24 frames per second, you know, which is a standard film thing. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of old cartoons are <clears throat> done in 12 frames per second. So when Miles is starting out as Spider-Man, he, he's originally moving at 12 frames per second, whereas so Peter smart. is moving 24. So then what, what it means is like um, 
over the course of the film he becomes more fluid and then by the end of the film when he's you know when he becomes spider-man the famous sort of you know rising you know through the air scene that's it that he is now moving at 24 frames per second is, because he's arrived it's, it's, what a fact to bring on this podcast that's yeah. so class isn't it oh, my, here, yeah. by the way let's go <laughs> <laughs> see when Dom was like can we talk about the frame rate in my head i was like well you can't I was, like, I was like, like, he is he talking about the game all of a sudden what's he doing <laughs> <laughs> hey, no that was a sensational fact by the way i didn't know that i, I just yeah. that makes a film even better now it just shows well, that's, that's the small the, details though the gwen a film that you're just mm-hmm. like these are people who clearly care about mm-hmm. what they're making that they'll go mm-hmm. to those sort of like little details and little extremes just to make sure that not only are you telling a story in the narrative you're also mm-hmm. telling a story with the technique that you're using to make the film you know yeah. what i mean and that's phenomenal mm-hmm. and the technique it like oh sorry what were you gonna say i was oh, wait, I, know. I was just gonna say it's like how the technique blurs with like you know the storytelling it's like it's not just for effect, it's all about building this world and building with the narrative. The whole, you know, again, that whole frame rate thing, it's it's serving the story. It's showing how Miles grows as a character throughout the film in a visual way. I think it's such a great way to use this medium, you know. Um, yeah, like, I mean, uh, uh, as David says, subtle things like that, it just shows the care that he's get put into these kind of films. It shows that what, everything is just totally thought about to a whole new level. It's not just a kid's film where they're just getting out to cash and banking the Spider-Man franchise. It's totally like a fan-made film wanting to make it well. And I mean, at the end of the day, they know what they're doing. They're creating a universe here to bank on and then create a franchise on its own and then push out. But what I want to move on to is each character in the film, but obviously Mm -hmm. specifically the Spider-Men themselves. And I just want to know your opinion on them. So Mm -hmm. apart from your Miles Morales, your P.P. Barker, I want to know your opinion on your Aunt May, your Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Ham, Gwen Stacy specifically, and uh, Penny Parker. I want you guys to tell me what you thought of them, because most Mm -hmm. of them I knew, and a couple of, well, well, specifically one I didn't even hate hear of, but they are all existing characters in the comic book universe that they brought in. Mm -hmm. But I want Mm -hmm. you to think, like, why did they pick these characters to be in the first film? And Mm -hmm. think of them. My favourite out of all of them is uh, Spider-Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. Um, just because, like, every time I've seen, like, you go into, like, a, um, one of those shops, like, at, like, comic book shops, and I see that, like, what she looks like, I'm like, she just looks cool as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I see her design, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like, an actual, like, amazingly cool costume, but mm. see her coming in, and she's sort of, for lack of a better term, she's the Hermione Granger of the group, um, uh, when she comes in, I'm just like, that's such, it's a, such a good dynamic, and I was kind of hoping, like, obviously she's going to be, she'll be in the next one because mm-hmm. the friendship between her and Miles is a lot of what grows the story. But she, her as a character in her own light was really good. I just hope they give her a bit more of a personal story, maybe, and a bit of a personal mm-hmm. growth and touch on a bit heavier the tragedies that she's faced in her own life mm-hmm. next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because by the time we meet her, she's kind of already over the hill when it comes to that. Um, mm-hmm. So it'd be good if we get more of that. Also, I think it's my second favorite, uh, second favorite Aunt May, behind mm. Melissa to me, which is um. a shame because I really like Sally Field, um, as much as Aww. I didn't like the Amazing Spider-Man films. But uh, Lily Tomlin's Aunt May is really cool. She's just like, see when she like goes down and reveals like the labs below her house. I was like, mm. Aunt May's fucking cool again. Why is Aunt May just cool every <laughs> time it. on screen now? That's what freaks me out, right? Seeing so you see that scene where Aunt May like unlocks a padlock and she knows exactly what to do and then she gives Miles like the web shooters and all that she knows exactly what she's doing that's the Aunt May we would have seen in the live action Aunt May solo film that Sony were going to make <laughs> <laughs> that is what we would have seen 
but don't know what your favourite spider. Well, to touch upon the thing you said about Spider-Man, David, it's like it's not that it's not that she doesn't have if any growth it's just that it's more of a small character thing where it's like yeah. obviously like you're saying her friendship with with miles um it's her coming to learning not to isolate herself from other people um mm. but yeah i would agree with you that it'd be good to see to have more of a focus on her and especially i think there is talk that the friendship and per perhaps developing into something else is going to be a big theme of of the next one um but um in terms of other characters um, I mean, I mean, I love all the characters, but Aunt May, uh, like you're saying, I, I bloody adored her. And I think not just because, you know, she's so technically capable, but I just, I loved her, her sort of, see the bit when she opens the door and she sees Peter and like, you know, she kind of, she, she like, you know, and she gets immediately who he is. Like, she doesn't think, oh, this is, this is my Peter back from the dead. She knows she knows it's not hers but it's still her kid and she still treats peter like her kid and she's yeah, just yeah. and it just yeah. it really got to me emotionally it's just like the thing that is, made it's me tear up as well yeah because it's like it's such a bizarre situation because on the one hand they've both lost each other on a set they've both mm -hmm. lost the respective selves so it's like in a sense it's a reunion in a sense it's not but in that moment it doesn't really matter because far because as, as far as me concerned that's still her kid and I just think yeah. that's just such a, oh, it, I, I, I thought Lily Tomlin was just brilliant. You really got the sort of sincerity of how much she really cared about Peter, even in this different, even though she, you know, still took the mech out of him, you could tell, you know, it, it she, in her head, it was still her kid, you know? And I just, I yeah. just think that's really great to see that side of me, you know, but, I mean, and while still being confident badass, you know? Of course. Well, like that's, I mean, in the comic, it's, it's the same. Like that, I think that like totally encapsulates like the the relationship with Peter and Aunt May has always been, it's always like been very secure because after Ben dies, is they only have each other left, and Peter does all this for May, and May doesn't know he's Spider Man for most of his storyline and all that, and like, and there's a storyline once when she finds out that he's Peter Parker, and she she knew the full time and. It just is heartbreaking the whole thing. So when moments like that, when it's actually captured on screen, exactly what the two of them mean to each other, it's good. And I get why she would be a favorite character. But see, Spider Ham, what an yeah. absolute strange. strange... <laughs> <laughs> so I heard about Spider Ham years ago, right? And I couldn't mm. believe it's an actual thing. Like, there's a whole Marvel universe dedicated to each superhero being an animal so like Thor's a frog Captain America I believe is a sheep maybe I'm not too sure I could be totally wrong but how like what pure makes me my mind melt is the fact that there is so many variations of Sp Spider-Man and Peter Parker um, but Lord and Miller took their time to pick out these five to go right these are the ones I want to see on scene so you have just Spider-Man Noir who on paper is the most boring Spider-Man out in the 30s punching Nazis and he just dresses in a trench coat and he's not much to him, right? And uh, you got... Hold on, hold on. I, 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 from that premise alone, that sounds pretty good. As <laughs> well, a Spider-Man who just I've goes around being a I've just sold it all. You just sold him. <laughs> like... so, oh, that's, why you're, that's why you're the pitch battle champion. You're taking the idea. You think oh, it's bad. But also Penny Parker as well. I think that would have been a very odd one to pick um, considering it's not Peter Parker and it's not mm -hmm. Spider-Man either. It's a total mm -hmm. different outlook on what Spider-Man is. Um, mm -hmm. 
but it, it's just so cool and it's not a very popular character as well so mm-hmm. i think lord and miller totally done the right thing and um, bring these different characters on and obviously in the sequel they're going to bring in a huge array of characters yeah, um, yeah. and you're talking like your spider-man 2099 and you're talking i think there was another spider-man that was announced what is that all about man uh, and i, I can imagine like your scarlet spider and silk as well apparently will, will be breaking into it as well mm-hmm. and uh, it's exciting to see this um and i really want them to flesh them out and make it good and what the problem well, the premise of this whole film and the franchises with madam web and all that inevitably they will jump universes and they will coincide and merge and it will be the mcu there's no doubt in my brain that will go to the mcu yeah. and bring them all in together yeah. but i like it the way it is where it's just its own wee world and it's I like it. Yeah. But see when they start branching out to the MCU and the Venom kind of verse, mm. I think that's when we're going to start touching upon. It's going to get a wee bit messy, and there's things going to be a wee bit odd and not right, and not it's yeah. not going to be good enough. Not going to be able to fit in the ninety minutes, if that makes sense. I completely agree with you, but I, I wanted to go back to something you said about all those characters. What makes them good as well is the cast they've got. So mm. if they're going to introduce more, they need to get a cast on the same level as your Haley Steinfeld, your Mahershala Ali's, your John Mulaney's. You know what I mean? Nicholas Cage's, you need those big names because uh, mm. that is what helped link credence in the performances and what really sold the characters in this movie. Mm. In terms of the MCU, it's always been the sort of um, elephant in the room when it comes to the Disney Sony deal is mm. that how much of it is going to cross over um, with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal opinion and preference would be you keep Venom in his own universe, you keep the Spider Verse in its own universe. And you keep the MCU in your own universe and keep them all totally mm. separate. In an ideal world, I understand that's most likely not going to happen. But I do agree with you, Luke, when it does, it's going to overcomplicate things in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Probably. yeah. I think I think it's I think it's more likely that the Venom verse will cross over with the MCU. Just because it's already been talked about, I think that's more likely than necessarily this sort of animated Spider-Man universe. It just kind of because, like, I definitely, I don't think I could imagine, say, um, like, this animated versions of these characters showing up in, like, an Avengers movie, you know. I think it's possibly more likely that maybe, maybe, depending on what Sony do, they might throw Tom Holland into an animated Spider-Man film. But it, I, I don't know, I don't know how much I believe they would do that, but then again, it is Sony, so it's like... Oh, they're scumbags. Um... <laughs> I am not, you know. Well, no, this podcast is very anti-Sony, by the way. Right, okay. This is the only time we will be okay with Sony. But Tom Holland was actually approached to be in the Spider-Man film, funnily enough. And I think he actually recorded lines, but they never put it in. I can't mind what it was, but... Something in an early draft, it was meant to be all three of them. It was meant to be Holland, Garfield, and Maguire. Oh. Uh, so it said that like it's like the people who wrote the Bible, Matthew, Mark, and John. It's yeah. <laughs> like we hold them in that high regard. Yeah. But all all I mean, three of them were maybe in it. I mean, I mean, Maguire's been approached previously, and he's like, "Oh, we'd love to go back to it." No, I don't think he's actual Spider-Man himself, but uh, like doing a voiceover mm-hmm. or something, like that, and it would be class. I think it's just so meta, um, mm-hmm. and it's just so like, "Oh yeah," it's just a nice wee thing um, mm-hmm. to kind of laugh at. But and I, it makes I, sense in the context of the story. Oh, totally. As well. and, mm-hmm. um, but the thing is, I mean, well, you're Peter Parker in this. It's assumed that the, your original blonde Peter Parker in this is uh, your Toby. Because with the, yeah. the train scene and the cafe mm-hmm. scene and stuff like that, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think but see, they, they play out differently. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it would just be, 
I think I, th- I just really want this to be its own thing, but I think Sony yeah. are just so money daft, they're going to just ride it. It's the same company that try to do a Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover. I mean, they don't have a Genius! Genius! <laughs> it's like, they'll, they'll do it. It's like I said, it's the, t- it's the wet paper towel analogy. They will just throw anything they can at that wall, look and hope that it sticks. Um, like, it's like the opposite of Blumhouse. Like, the Sony and Blumhouse is the opposite ends. I do have one gripe with the movie. Mm-hmm. Apart from oh. apart from the thing I mentioned to you earlier, it's a character thing keeping on theme. Okay. I, I'm not 100% sold on Kingpin in this movie. Ooh. Go explain more, I'll tell you why you're wrong! <laughs> the, the thing is, mm-hmm. when you have a sort of seminal version of a character you have in your mind, you mm-hmm. always compare other versions of that yeah. to this version of the character. After watching the Vincent D'Offrio version of Kingpin on Daredevil, it was a bit hard for me to then go in my head to this overly cartoonish version, who basically is just a big brute in a suit. There wasn't that much more to him, and even his whole emotional core about losing his wife and child didn't really hit for me that much. I do think overall he's still a decent villain, but not as good as I think kingpin could have been in this movie if that makes sense well david i'm going to just tell you right there and tell you that's your fucking problem that you think <laughs> uh, to be quite honest uh, if you go into films and think oh this person done this before so i'm going to get it's like the joker analogy it's like people are going to see walking phoenix joker and going oh i'm going to just think about heath ledger the full time why you're seeing something mm-hmm. else. Shut up. it's not necessarily heath ledger it's more like or the actor it's more i just feel that i like a more intense serious yeah, kingpin get- but but you can't you can't take the attention away from this kingpin kid suddenly that he did kill Spider Man and this he's yeah, sick. that's also true he, he did he did just kill him he like he like beat him he flattened oh. him with his fists yeah. See, like, how wild is that and the fact is I've seen that in the, like in cinema yeah. at the time and I was like take that like as a kids film like to the core so when I seen mm-hmm. that and he was actually dead I was like that's a bold move that the fact they've shown his death. Yeah. yeah, it's like the moment it happened, I was just like, "Oh, he is dead!" Like <laughs> it was dead. just like, "Oh, he is. No one's coming back from that." I. It was. There's but... almost this like, right? We can't have them think this guy's coming back. We need yeah. to make sure that they know 100% beyond a shadow of a yeah. doubt he is D E A D dead it, man. It's funny you brought up D'Onofrio though, because on the one hand, like when I was watching it, I I was able to distance myself from the D'Onofrio version and like, okay, this is a different version of Kingpin. Let's, let, let's yeah. different, you know, even just, just in terms of accent, you know, yeah. you know, cause D'Onofrio is like, hello, I am Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, um, uh, what's Leaf, the, what's Leaf, Leaf Cyber's Cyber. a, he's a good actor oh, yeah. as well. A great saber tooth mm-hmm. in our shit mm-hmm. movie. Um, but <laughs> I, I just, do you know what it is as well? I actually mm-hmm. prefer the Kingpin I got in the Spider-Man game for the PS4. You know what I mean? So now this is like oh, my third yeah. favourite Kingpin. You know? So now I'm like... But the moment I really loved... It, oddly enough, it was when he killed Peter Parker, but it was the moment that did remind me of D'Onofrio, just as like that idea of... It's a different interpretation, but there's that core element. Because what D'Onofrio was able to do with, with that part, it was like, it's the idea of, you know... He's calm, he's measured for most of the time, but if you push one of his buttons, like, be it, you know, the people he cares about, he'll just snap and go at you like an animal. He's yeah. like this clever master strategist until you press the wrong button, and then he's just an absolute 
monster and, and people beat thing. me like an ape. And like, it's like that's and that's and when I saw that moment in Spider-Verse where he literally just pummels Peter to death, it's just like there's the animal. That that it's this mm-hmm. it's a different version of the same character. So well, very true to who like he was. You, you know me, like I like weird cat I focus on weird characters. You're talking to the guy mm-hmm. who Bosk oh, is oh. one of my favourite characters in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think they should a lot more with that guy. But Kingpin for me has always been a guy I've wanted to see done really well. Like every mm-hmm. time there's a Kingpin portrayal, I'm just like, I hope they do this well because for me Kingpin has a whole lot of potential as a villain. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many good stories you can tell with him and he's a real mm-hmm. threat. There was something, like I said, still a good villain. There was something about it. I was just like, this could have been a bit better. I mean, um, Kingpin is a villain that's known in the comics as like universally like feared by New York. He's a huge mm. villain, and that's why he crosses over with Spider-Man and Daredevil. He's huge, and he he can't be taken down easily. But from you, what you guys are saying, like I don't think I was trying to think. There, there's. In any film or TV show or game that Kingpin's in, it's been a different variation, but kind of the same way, like, as Dom was saying, it's like, he's kind of like, he's calm and collected, and then he's just one second, and he flips, and he turns into mm. this absolute gorilla. So you've got, like, you ever, did you ever see the 19, was it 1998? Or 2003? I can't remember. The, the cartoon. Yeah. The cartoon. No, that no, Kingpin. The, yeah. the Spider-Man cartoon, and it was that Kingpin, and it was a yes. very calm and collected and sophisticated Kingpin. And you know, I love Kingpin. that Kingpin, mate. But, love but that Kingpin. on the other, on the other hand, you've got your Daredevil 2003 film when you've got Michael Clark Duncan. A big not my Kingpin. Oh, <laughs> why is that, David? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Just not a good movie, but at oh, the same yeah. time, well, I, al- I also feel that Michael Clark Duncan. I love as an actor. All right, Arm- Armageddon, one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> Fight me on that. Okay. You know what I mean? However, Shut he just up. didn't have the gravitas that I feel is mm. needed for a Kingpin no, performance. I think that's actually the word that I can apply to this Kingpin performance. There wasn't that sense of gravitas to it, which um, I like. This is, the point I'm making is the fact that you think of different stories and films and TV shows in which the Kingpin's been in, and I don't think you could put two of them the same. They've all been different. They've been the same odd character, like characteristics the same, but they've been all been different in their own way. Um, but the Kingpin in general, he's a force to be reckoned with. He's yes. huge. He's a big, big boy. He's he's not got superpowers in him, but oh my god, don't mess with him because he owns everything. Who's your favourite Spider-Man villain? Because I'd say Kingpin's probably mine. Oh, shut up, idiot. You're joking. Nah, seriously, oh, I like... Spider-Man versus Kingpin stories a lot. The the one villain I like, and I think it, it shows a lot about my personality, because my favourite DC villain is a Joker. So on the other yeah. side, of that would be the Marvel side, which would be, in my opinion, would be Cletus Cassidy, which is Carnage. Um, mm. Simply because um, he's the only villain I think in the Marvel universe. Well, I mean, not in the Marvel universe. The Spider-Man villain roster. I think. Yeah. Kills and does anything for fun. The rest of them have gone on motive, but with Cletus Cassidy, he's just absolutely carnage. As and you me. like you like Woody Harrelson for that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ! No Dominic, sure. what do you think? What's your favourite Spider-Man villain of all time? Oh God, I'm rubbish at picking favourites for the most part. Um, you have to pick one, Dom. Oh God! Uh, oh my God! See, See you the thing, Ben, and I'm going to have to ask you about fucking that film. Oh, don't. No, <laughs> no, I, I won't go that. I won't go that, that down that road. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I really want to. I really want to 
play Spider-Man 4 because from what I've heard about that Doc Ock, that sounds really interesting just in terms of like his sort of descent. Like oh, I love yeah. a good I love a good, you know, um character descent story. I just find those so fascinating because it's like how how does this character keep making these terrible choices you know i just find that whole thing fascinating speaking so, by the way before you go on there like auto octavius in general right i want to talk about the fact that we've got an olivia octavius <laughs> she is not a comic book villain she was catered for this film mm. and i was shocked when Same. i found out i couldn't mm. believe it when she appeared on the screen as octavius and then i was re-watching it again the other day and i was so impressed there's a bit when she's doing a documentary for a classroom at the start yeah, yeah, walks and, in, and he covers what her yeah. son name is it just says dr olivia and it covers octavius i went that's so genius yeah yeah, yeah. Just, uh, uh, actually you know there's a very few moments where you can get shocked in the cinema because we live in this era where everything's like reported on and we mm. do this bloody podcast we talk about all the news all the time you know <laughs> what i mean so you're never really surprised by anything see that moment it was like in like a, a parts and neck of the office when they look at the camera camera and just like smile that oh, was me as soon as it was revealed it was octavius i was like no way yeah. no way i couldn't believe it mm. i was that great moment and a great character um mm. again talking about casting Catherine han a, mm. an exceptional actress mm. um, and it's that that level of just like talent to the role really sells it i was just mm. like yes she's gonna be in one division what uh, is she Catherine han yeah yeah she's gonna be like like um, she's gonna be like uh, Vision and Wanda's quote unquote nosy neighbor, but it's the question of is she Aye. really though? Is she really though? Because it's starting off as a sitcom, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Um... I'll, I can't wait for that show. Man. Oh yeah, that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for Wonder Vision. It sounds like the most bonkers uh-huh. thing on the planet. And yeah. David, let's not go into that because you won't be saying it till March thirty first. <laughs> oh wait, no. Oh, we'll talk about no, that in part no. two. Well, I mean, yeah, but okay, let's wait for part two for that because David's rage is absolutely. F- oh, David, <laughs> see if anyone ever dares to follow David on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know why you would. Um, it's. Filled of just controversy and rage from him. <laughs> There's never any good news that comes out this boy, but we'll talk about that in part two. But um, no good news in the world, Luke. The world's a terrible place. <laughs> but as Truff is here, and I love to wind Truff up, as people know it. And Nicky, who sadly can't be with us right now, he's not dead, but he's just R.I.P. R.I.P. He's in a better place. Nicky winds Truff up to a whole new level, and. He'd be proud of me from what I'm doing right now. So I want to talk about the music in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, <laughs> right? Um, so actually, on this note, I'm not just doing this to wind up trough. This music in this film is actually classed. And before mm-hmm. the film came out, um, they actually brought out an album for the film, mm-hmm. which a lot of films do now and again. They just kind of attach big name artists to it and just try and get the film what about attraction. Um, I'm pretty sure the Smurfs had an album. Um, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> Did you I mean, buy it? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. I've got it in vinyl. Absolutely not. Um, uh, but, uh, like, for example, Despicable Me uh, has, like, Pharrell Williams attached to and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but this film had, uh, and it's a huge hit this year, is uh, Sunflower by Post Malone in Sweden. Mm. Uh, and it's an absolute banger of a tune. And he's, there's, like, other ones like What's Up Danger and uh, other songs here and there. Scared of the Dark's a class tune. I think, mm. I think a lot of the tunes in this are absolutely brilliant. And Spidey done, Bells? Well. Done <laughs> very well. Yeah, <laughs> like, he literally has an emotional breakdown in the middle of the song. Spider-Man just 
Why did I agree to sing this stupid song? I have a degree in chemical engineering. <laughs> Chris Pine, everybody. Uh... But one thing I will say is um, they do, they're not scared to make fun of. Certain mm. cliche songs that are used in many cliche films. songs. Let's stop that right there. Right. <laughs> oh, and Trump's now in. Okay, the biggest go. mistake this film ever made was going after Saint Elmo's Fire. All right, because Saint Elmo's Fire is one of the best tracks ever composed by humanity. All right, Saint Elmo's Fire will play at my funeral every year upon the memorial of my death, and I will listen to it until the day I die to boot. And see when they start playing Saint Elmo's Fire, and I think I'm getting a training montage to it. I was absolutely buzzing. I was up and ready to go in the cinema. I pulled the old lady up next to me, and we were dancing in the aisles. That's what was happening, if you can believe it. And then all of a sudden, it's like no, and if your cuts are off. And I've never experienced a moment where I've just been gutted in the cinema. I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely raging now. I'm ready to walk out and go home. Uh, that's the biggest problem for the Spider-Verse look, is the way they treat an Elmo's Fire. I and that is the one think... rant per show. <laughs> one rant? I think you've had multiple here, boy. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, and nobody will know this about Truff, but Truff phoned me yesterday to discuss what we're doing for the podcast preparation and such. And uh, he said, I've got one thing wrong with the film. And I was like, would you rather save it or would you rather tell me now? And he was like, why did they ruin St. Elmo's Fire? <laughs> <laughs> so as he said that, I licked my feather and started writing down in my ink and just going, St. Elmo's Fire mentioned it's now, look, because he will get to raging. But, uh, did you listen to it in the last few hours? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are we talking 
we talking classic glider green goblin are we talking um what do you call him willem defoe goblin what are we talking i, about? I i'm thinking because because uh, norman osborn in my mind is a narcissist through and through is one of the most defining traits of his character i think he has something set up for when he dies prematurely in one universe he sends another version of himself to go and destroy that universe Hmm, interesting. So I would like an army of green goblins to come to Miles Universe to try and destroy it. What do you think, Dominic? Well, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, it's inspired by the the film was inspired by the concept of the Spider Verse and and by extension the Spider Verse comic, but it's not an adaptation of that comic. Nothing. Like there's so many. Like I haven't read it, but I know that there's so many sort of details to it. Like you know. Like the whole notion of like spider totems, and there's these like sort of I can't remember what they're called, but they're sort of like vampire sort of creatures who like prey on these totem yes, people. So yeah. it's like, you know, they prey on Spider Men. They, they, they get yeah. of Spider Men in the universe as well. Yes. Um, so it's like, it's the question of because they totally didn't go down that route in the film it's the question of would they do that in the sequel or would they go for something completely different one thing i'd like to see um <clears throat> that i'm intrigued by and again this isn't the story i haven't read i've just heard there's spider-man 2 which was like a comic um featuring peter and miles it's a team up um it involves them meeting the 616 version of miles yes. morales yeah right yeah and you know and he he has he's had a much different life you know and like he's sort of the villain but he kind of gets redeemed in the end and you know um it'd be interesting if they played around with that concept and then you could you know because it's about because it's potentially miles confronting what he could have been you know and the choices if it's an older miles from from Peter B's universe, say for example, then it's the opportunity for Miles to go. This is what I could be if I don't if I make the wrong choices, you know. And right here's here's my casting for it. Right, you ready for this? Oh, go. Um, <clears throat> so this other version of Miles Morales, I think he should be played by Michael yeah. Clark Duncan. Oh, yeah. Oh Christ, I can't believe this is happening. Sorry, Duncan. <laughs> I've got to do right. Uh, so this version of of Miles uh, should be played by the person who inspired Miles Morales, uh, Donald Glover. So yeah, nice. and and he's played Miles before. He played Miles in uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. Yep. So but yeah. it'd be reprising his role, but it's like uh, taking it from a completely different angle. And it'd be interesting to see how Donald Glover would play off Shmeet Moore. You know. Um, yeah, you, you know, just keeping him around in regards because they they seem to have made great efforts to kind of keep Donald Glover involved in Miles Morales, Miles Morales' story, you know, because he did, because you know that sort of interest in him playing Spider Man was partly what inspired Brian Michael Bendis to create Miles Morales. So I, I have know. to say though, Troy Barnes already exists in the Spider Verse universe. Are we complicating it too much? You know what I mean? Oh, I'm, I'm so, just I'm no sure. Oh, and no. Troy Barnes. Uh, from Community, his character from Community. So yeah, oh yes, it. yes, but like you know, have you ever seen a View Askew film? Like you know, Ben Affleck and Holden McNeil can exist in the yeah, same space. Absolutely. So yeah, that's a genius example, Dom. I must say so myself. <laughs> it's absolutely glorious. Uh, speaking yeah. of View Askew films, by the way, yeah. Jade Silent Bob reboot is getting a tour and it's not coming to cinemas at all. So we need to oh. wait till it actually releases. 
on like digital to actually watch it. I think that's oh. absolutely shocking, by the way. My my pal Sean, he, see if my pal Sean was on here right now, he would he would go into such a rant about that. He is the biggest Kevin Smith fan, and he was, and he he and my group of pals were utterly livid that he's not coming to Scotland with the film. Does he like uh, Tusk? Uh, sorry. Does he like Tusk? Uh, the Kevin Smith movie. I, I have a very oh, strange relationship I think, with that film. I haven't seen it. I feel as if he said. I think we had this conversation about Tusk that he didn't. That he hasn't seen it, but he heard it wasn't. You know, the most well loved film. It's the, weirdest, wanna... it's the weirdest fucking movie mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It's the strangest film ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like <laughs> Human Centipede, but with a weird Kevin Smith twist. It's just odd. Mm-hmm. But back to your point. Spider-Verse, uh, the sequel was literally, you took the words out of my mouth and I have no idea how you've managed that, but it's like, um, so the original crossover which inspired this film was the the crossover of uh, Earth 616, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Peter Parker going to see Ultimate Spider-Man, which was Miles Morales, and they, it was Mysterio that was a villain, and then mm-hmm. the cliffhanger at the end of that storyline was, Peter gets back to 616 universe, and he googles Miles Morales, and mm-hmm. uh, the last uh, storyboard is Peter been shocked at what he finds and mm. it, it then rolls on. It took a few years actually to get mm. a sequel to that out and it was Miles Morales was more of a, a villainous role and basically Miles from the Ultimate Universe had to persuade the other one and it, it's a big thing and I think that's that would be the only interesting thing in a sequel because you could bring so many characters in it would be fun and quirky for the five minutes but you need something like a backing and an army of green goblins or an army of venoms would be good but mm-hmm. i think we're about a weight behind it then you would need another mills Morales. and i think that's mm-hmm. i think it's absolutely banging nail in the head material what you said dom is mm-hmm. like donald glover playing him and he, he's trying to find out and he realizes that's what he could have been blah 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 but mm-hmm. i think guys it's time for us to wrap up part one and just your overall thoughts in the film and I want I was gonna say I wasn't no, gonna, no. I wasn't wanting a rating, but I'm gonna mm-hmm. say for this time and this time only, because the film is absolute magnifique, mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask a rating from you, Don, but not David, thank you. Let's go. Um like what do you mean? Like what sort of number or like exactly. Yeah, out of ten. Every week. So Dom, every week David goes, I want a rating. And mm-hmm. he doesn't tell you anything else. He doesn't collate the information. He mm-hmm. doesn't use the information. He asks that was for this maybe ab- your job. Oh no 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 no! I'm not doing that job. You started this. You finish it, dickhead. <laughs> I am not doing this oh, job. You see, week in a week out, he'll ask you the information, and that's it. It'll be nothing oh. but Dom. I want to know your rating as a guest, Dom. And the fact that you've made very valid points, I would like to know your overall rating and overall thoughts in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I? Can my rating be a phrase? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is arguably the best comic book film, and it's for a lot of the reasons we've described. Particularly what you were talking about, Luke, in terms of like um, um, the idea of it visually representing like a comic book as well, like, and the fact that the whole story is about you know how anybody can be Spider-Man, and we see all these different versions of Spider-Man, but it's still a very sort of concise story in the sense it's it's all reinforcing the main story which is about miles morales becoming spider-man so it means it's not this it's not you know the spider-verse hasn't come in and you're not constantly fighting between different storylines everything exists to kind of serve to fuel miles story so you've got that but again it's that it's that visual touch where you know you find comic book ways of you know um dealing with information and 
and and creating this world and like even like stuff like you know miles reading comic books to learn about being spider-man like um have, have any of you seen the um the alternate universe cut on the dvd no um so this was a version of the film which is basically they use storyboards and sort of it rejects the animation to give um to give viewers an idea of what the film was at, diff at different stages of development so it's potentially an alternate cut of the film so right. like it includes like uh, one of the characters that wasn't really in it all that much was gunky who's like in miles's roommate yeah yeah and the reason he was mostly removed was because um they borrowed a lot of gunky stuff for ned in the mcu yeah, yeah. um so they had to completely sort of rethink that so they're gonna use him more in the second one but like in that version of the film, he and Miles watch Spider-Man movies that exist in that universe. <laughs> and it's like, but it's like Spider-Man if he were Tony Stark. And it was one of those things where it's like, when you watch it, it's just, this feels, and it, it's by Sony Pictures, obviously, like Sony Pictures presents Spider-Man. And it's like, it, this all feels a bit pat on the back. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas, yeah. Because they were forced to rethink that whole you know they were forced to rethink that part of the story the fact that they use comic books and you know like apparently they combined different art styles of like i think their main inspirations were like steve ditko and john romita senior so like they combined their art styles to create the comics that that miles reads it's just those little details you know that mm. and it's like if it's not just a celebration of these characters it's a celebration of the medium and the sheer scope and scale of the medium that i don't think any other any other comic book film has ever achieved like i i love avengers endgame i think that's an incredible achievement but it will never be no mcu film will ever be able to celebrate the medium in the same way that um that spider-man into the spider-verse does same thing with logan fantastic film fantastic you know celebration of why why we love wolverine why we love professor x and all that but yeah. it will never gets the point of why do we love comic books and i'd That's argue that because because spider-man into the spider-verse finds that finds a way to incorporate stuff without it getting too over the top it feels like a natural extension of itself by incorporating those comic book elements along with the story that only a comic book could tell it is a celebration of that medium so yeah that's my whole that was absolutely beautiful by you i've thoroughly enjoyed every minute of that well thank done. you very much that's that's very kind so of you don't even bother following up with that i'm trying to i'm trying to write this down so don what was it you said logan was not uh, <laughs> no, i love logan don't, don't you twist my words yeah don't you my words. Um, all i'm gonna say is that look yeah when pitch battle 2 rolls around finally you will be defending your title against dom i think he will be yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> match oh. in heaven, I'll tell you that. Oh god, that's I I'd be game for that, man. Um class. Good. Yeah. So we'll discuss we'll discuss later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had a I've had a thought about how to make a Thunderbirds film. I've been trying to work a demo head, so I'm totally sort of game for that kind of challenge. <laughs> Dom, I'm not gonna lie, yeah, I don't think MD's thought about Thunderbirds in a good few five years maybe. So I think, I think about it daily. Hey, I, Thunderbirds hey, the new, Yeah, the new TV show is honestly great. Like I will fight tooth and nail and say the new TV show is a really good, is really good and as a, and it's a good sort of in comparison with the original, it's a solid update, right? But that's a whole other spiel. I think I'm, we're getting off topic. <laughs> yeah. Part two. <laughs> yes, part two. Chuff, I would like your rating right now, please. I'll give it a six out of nine. 
Oh, you fucking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that? What the hell does that mean? So that's. Oh like, God! That was like, like, part two. Come on. That's like so. The, oh, six out of nine. Don't 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 Part two. Here we go. Everyone's calmed down. David Drayton's absolutely been discarded because that's like <laughs> trash. Uh, but before we start on the part two, I need to say this because I'm getting a gun held to my head and I'm an employee <laughs> of First Time Films. Uh, on December 5th, First Time Films will be hosting a Star Wars Gauntlet event and it's going to be absolutely massive. 40 men against each other for the winning prize of David, tell them what the winning prize is. It's a £10 entry, uh, but if you win, you will receive £100 and a pair of checkmate socks. Credits for you and Galactic credits, yes, Galactic credits, sorry, I got it wrong. A hundred credits for you and your men, Um, and I would like to say that me, I will be hosting, you'll see me in real life. Um, Yes. well, I mean, everyone wants to see that, the reigning champion of Pitch Battle. <laughs> but, somebody on the had, table. Um, you'll see Nicky. I'm assuming you'll see Nicky. Nicky's there. Um, it'll be the three of three of us at the table. Jack is in Australia um, yeah. at the time. Uh, but basically, the format of it is very similar. Um, if anyone's a fan of the, the movie trivia, down to their free-for-all events. Five men at the table, the lowest score on the table will get knocked out, and whoever is knocked out will be replaced. Um, so there'll be a random draw at the start. If you draw number one, good luck. You need to outlast 39 other people. If you draw number 40, sit back and relax, and then go in and try and pick the carcass at the end. But look, I'm going to surprise you here. Oh, Something, did you listen to the show last week? Um, absolutely, I always listen to the shows when I'm not on <laughs> So last week I tested Nikki's trivia knowledge. All right. Uh huh. So and as the same as we advertised today, I'm going to do the same with you and Dom. All right. Mm-hmm. So I have six questions. If we need to go to a tiebreaker, we will. Oh all right. God. Oh my. God. Answer quickest. All right. Six movie oh. trivia questions oh, will lead no. up to the gauntlet. First question, which movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2009? Oh, God. Oh, what, what, is this not Star Wars related? I'm, I'm throwing... No. Uh, oh, yeah. Is it Avatar? It's I, not. It's no, no country for old men. No. Which, um, war, uh, which war movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2009? Oh, oh, God. oh what the fuck? Was it Directed by Catherine Bigelow. Oh, Heart, Heart Locker? Dom gets a Heart Locker. Point to Dom. <laughs> What the fuck? Next question. What was the name of the second Indiana Jones movie? Temple of Doom. You both got that one. Both at the same time, I'll say. Which actor starred in the 1961 movie The Hustler? Oh, um, James Dean? No. Good guess, though. Uh, 1960s? God, this is gonna... Uh... (laughs) I'll time you out. It was Paul Newman, guys. It was Paul Newman. I was never gonna get that. (laughs) <laughs> Paul Newman. <laughs> Which movie features Bruce Willis as John McClane? Oh, Die, Die Hard. Hard. Die Hard, correct. And the last one for you, Troops. What is the name of the kingdom where the 2013 animated movie 
Frozen is set. Oh, Arendelle. Oh, well done. Well done. Well, that's the sort of thing you can expect at the Gauntlet Troop, so, mm. so make sure you get in there. Yeah, All right. there's, one, there's one quick question I have to ask. Do you have any idea what the exchange rate between credits and sterling will be after Brexit? Absolutely oh. not. Um, you'll have to find out on your own, and the credits are non-refundable. <laughs> Just use your credits to buy some death sticks, Tom. All right? Yeah, and then you'll be fine. All right. Um, unless, unless you and McGregor comes up to me and says I need to rethink my life choices, in which case I will not get, I will not buy the death sticks. Uh, and from the recent news, I think he will be very soon reprising that role and telling everyone to stop uh, getting those death sticks. But here, while we're on the subject, by the way, I watched Solo again for the other day for the second mm-hmm. time, and for the second time I've watched this film, I fell asleep again. That <laughs> film is absolute garbage, and you will you're not wrong. tell me otherwise, Truff. That I think film, you're wrong. No. Nah. Amelia Clark doing some kind of kingpin at the end. Darth Maul doing weird things at the end. Oh, <laughs> no, nah, it's strange. It's such a weird film. Have it's you just... watched um, the Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated show? Oh, don't. Trump, you because see me every time. I don't have time to I've watch. I've just convinced um, Matt to watch it after uh, the studio the other night, and he's loving it. So I'm just going to say that you should do the no, same thing. Mate, no, no, no. I will love it, but that's not the point. I watch Star Wars because I want to watch a Star Wars film. I don't even want to see it, mate. This is why I'm kind of like off the Mandalorian a bit. Like, we'll talk what? Don't start me. We've got news to cover, bitch. Um, so, Jesus Christ, man. On the topic, since we're doing Spider-Verse, um, it recently got announced that Spider-Verse has actually got a sequel coming mm-hmm. out. Ooh. Um, in 2021, we will be getting the sequel. No, release. 2022. 2022. Oh my god, my sources, um, i.e. David Campbell, are fucking shit. <laughs> I said it might be 2021. <laughs> so, um, 2022, thank you, Tom. Uh, they released a teaser trailer, which was kind of just showing the different logos of the Spider logo. But mm-hmm. as we talked about previously, we know how we're feeling about it, but I want to know exactly. Are we excited? Are we looking forward to it? What's happening? Are we going to see it in the cinema? Are we seeing it at Midnight Show? What are we doing? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be going to a Midnight Show I'll see it the first weekend it comes out. <laughs> Funnily enough, the first midnight showing uh, I've ever I've gone to was Far From Home, just by just by pure happenstance. It was just one of those things where me and my pal said, like, uh, do you want to see it? And it was like, yeah. It was like, wasn't it totally wasn't by design. It, it, it was sold out, so they went to see Far From Home. <laughs> there we go. That's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what an awful pun. I hated that. Yeah, Sorry. so I'm just gonna gloss over that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and I'll definitely try and see the next one at the first opportunity. Who knows? Midnight screening, maybe. Um, but it all it all just depends on what the schedule looks like. I mean, that's the thing. 2022 is so far away. You know, and, it's but we've already got like I think it's four Marvel movies are scheduled mm-hmm. for 2022. Yeah, um, from the MCU. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Look, I'm just worried by that point. Mm-hmm. Will this term we've been throwing about superhero fatigue have set in? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, no. looking at this way, I mean, when Infinity War and Endgame were announced, I mean, people were shouting fatigue then, and uh, they found ways to refresh it there and then. I think, I believe personally that even then we won't be fatigued. I think it'll be, I think the MCU, I think the DC universe will also look a lot different. Um, mm-hmm. I think there'll be different players in the game. You've got Intelligence yeah. coming out soon. Well, mm-hmm. next year anyway, you've got... Right, if there's less bombs on set. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. You've got Venom 2 coming out, and you've got... 
you've got a lot to. I want to, don't mm. want to say look forward to, but you've got a lot to think about. That's for sure. I am. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very much excited for it. I'm also. I'm just excited for the the prospect of seeing so many Spider Men and who they pick and who they choose and what's mm-hmm. happening. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see. Like I say, I think we already know that Japanese Spider-Man is going to be in it, um, mm. which is exciting. It'll be interesting to see whether all five of the original Spider-Folk will come back. Because obviously, Pete, Pete, obviously Miles is going to be in it, and Gwen's yeah. going to be in it. But it's a question: Will they bring back Peter B. Parker? Will they bring back Penny? Will they bring back Noir? Um, I believe they'll be stupid not to because they would mm-hmm. want those characters reunited since they had good chemistry last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got also obviously the teaser at the end of the film, which was Spider-Man oh, yeah. 2099, played mm-hmm. by Oscar Isaac, of all people, mm-hmm. which is wild. Um, I so, want one of them to die. I think, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> what a top idiot. Um, I want Penny to die in the oh, opening. No! Like a pure brutal death. I want her to get be chased through oh. a, the streets of Japan and all of a sudden someone kills her and we don't know who it is that's right. killed her. I don't want this. I don't want this episode turn into some kind of racial slur here, guys. But um, it's not. Penny, it's just, Penny, Parker, Penny Parker is from New York City. So where he got this Japan from? I'll have <laughs> yeah, no it's, idea. it's Jackie Chan all over again. Oh, but she could kill. She could. You, you could kill uh, Spider Man Noir as well. You could kill mm. one of them. I mean, maybe Nick, Sp- Cage, Nick Cage probably does have a big pay slip, so maybe killing him off will just cut that off. <laughs> nah, yeah. cut, cut the budget somewhere for bringing an Oscar Isaac, you know? Yeah. Like, got, got like, like, one man in, one man out, you know what I mean? I don't know, it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know, because uh, obviously we did kill off a Spider-Man at the start of, of Spider-Verse, but it's like, it's how do you, how are you going to kill somebody off without it feeling like a shock? Like, again, I think that's something endgame did well where when stories wrapped up it felt like oh it was you know it was the end of their stories and you know it was sort of it felt like a conclusion whereas the way you're describing hi let's kill somebody you know it feels more like no but if you want to i'm in my story it would be we don't know who's killing off all these different spider-men and for what purpose you know what i mean in the multiverse right so it would be the sort of like mystery element of it you're setting up like oh Mm. my god someone's just killed Penny Parker, who is this bastard, and how do we stop him? You know isn't I mean? this the plot of a Rick and Morty episode, where like someone's going back <laughs> and killing all the wrecks? It literally... could be. It's, a, it's essentially the plot of Roger Rabbit. Um, yeah. But, like, if you... <laughs> like, the, you this brings me on to the point: we should have Spider's Man in there because I think Spider's yes. Man is kind of a villain. In, in... Spider's Man, yeah. absolute genius. David, yeah. do you know about Spider's Man? Yes. <laughs> Spider's man, you see. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. it's a radioactive man that's made out of spiders, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's like it's... millions of... Sp- I don't know how many spiders, but a lot of spiders who all think they are Peter Parker, collectively. Yeah. So they, they kind of join up and they camouflage into the suit that is Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it's absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I think they've got a lot of... They've got a lot of I mean, a lot of people are looking forward to it, and I think they'll. With Lord and Miller still on board, I think it'll still. Mm-hmm. I think they'll still. Do, have you, it. do you think? Because it was it was the three guys. It was uh, Bob, Peter, and Rodney uh, who directed yeah. the first one. <laughs> do we think we would have Lord and Miller maybe increase their role in this one? Obviously, they're producing the Phil Ward wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. um, with Rodney Rodney Rothman. Mm-hmm. So, do you think there's scope to increase their involvement even more directly? It's a question of whether it's necessary, I think. I yeah. Mean, 
I think whatever system they've got that that involved in the first film, that seemed to really work. So it's I mean I mean the thing is like they've been handed a ton of projects like they're doing further like apparently they're supposed to be doing like a Spider Man T V series with Sony. They're supposed mm. to be in charge of that. I mean so Oh, I don't mention that to Luke, he hates T V. I actually really want a, an MCU Spider-Man TV series because you could do so much you could do so much with that because I really want to kind of you know, anyway, that's a, that's a whole other Do you know what I, I want? I want Spider-Ham to have a pet and I want it to be Spider-Man right, enough, 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 <laughs> enough I don't think I don't think they can. Oh wait, maybe no, wait, no, no. Wait. I was just about to say maybe they can do that now, but it's like it's Sony, not Disney, who own Fox. Oh, they have so, a wee deal. They've done deals before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God, we bring in the Simpsons. That that that's the next. Oh, uh, okay. not Spider-Man three. Have yeah. we ruined that segment? <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Homer Simpson. <laughs> that's impeccable. Um, <laughs> moving on from yeah. the Spider Pig talks. Um, <laughs> It got announced that Scream is mm. getting another sequel. It's getting Scream 5. Um, how are we feeling about that? Dom, are you a fan of the Scream series? Are you a fan of the slasher genre? I have no investment in Scream whatsoever. I've never seen oh, any of the Scream Please bite your film. tongue, Dom. Bite your there, tongue, please. The only, the only slasher I've seen is the original Halloween. and Even then, the original Halloween is pretty tame, in, mm. in all honesty. Um... I, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't have any strong opinions regarding the screen franchise, I'm afraid. So I do. I have very okay. this is why speak to Dom first. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> so Dom, so context, um a couple of weeks back me and David uh, reviewed Scary Movie and Scary Movie is just a parody of Scream, mm. as you probably well know. But yeah, yeah. it just turned into a conversation about Scream, but oh my god, did it turn into a conversation about Scream? <laughs> so um <laughs> David, you have the floor. <laughs> you know, you've seen High School Musical, yeah? Yeah. And you know when Troy Bolton's dad doesn't really want to go and watch him sing, but he kind of does watch him from the edge of the stage? What the mm -hmm. fuck? What is this analogy? Stop this that, now. That will be me with Scream 5, because I really don't want to see it, because <laughs> I'm so afraid that they're going to fuck this up. Why have you just compared Scream to Troy Bolton? <laughs> to Troy Bolton's dad. To miss the to Coach Bolton. No, uh, no, but in this scenario, you're you're Coach Bolton. I'm you're, Coach Bolton. Yeah, Scream yeah. is trying Gabriella singing Breaking Free. But in yeah. my opinion, Scream has four perfect films. Right, I love Scream. Scream is my favorite horror franchise of all time. We don't. None of the original writers are involved in this new reboot. Wes Craven obviously not involved with this um, new film. We don't know if it's a continuation on what's came before and if it's a reboot. We already had a TV series which was incredibly underwhelming. It was Riverdale, but not funny or ironic. And I'm really scared that this will be a failure. What I will say is, if they're going to make it, I'm going to hope that it's good. Because if it's not, look, see if it's not good. You know who's going to have to listen to me more about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, my god. Do you know what? I mean, it's, even if it is bad, you can just pretend it doesn't exist. I mean, like, that's what the Terminator franchise has been doing for, like, the past, you know, several years. Do you know what I would love? I would love them because the whole idea of Scream 
is that it is like a pseudo parody of mm. the entire slasher genre. Mm. I would love them to make Scream Five, but ignore the events of like Screams Two, Three, and Four, or something like that, mm. and then just do a commentary on like this, like new thing where it's like, oh, we're going to ignore everything that's came before, and so and be really tongue in cheek with it. Mm. I think that would be really good. I'm not mm. writing the film. So we'll just see what they come up with and what they do. Oh, David, the amount of conversations we've had where you've said, I, but I'm not writing the film. But the yeah. one that sticks out in my mind is Sonic the Hedgehog and how you have the perfect you have the perfect trilogy. I have a Sonic trilogy mapped out. And why do you do that? We've all never... Uh, speaking of, when's that film out? Surely that film is due soon. It's February. We, they had to delay it so they could redesign Sonic. Ridiculous. delay it further. Hopefully <laughs> they just throw it away. Uh, but not going into that fucking yeah, okay. rant again, absolutely not, because David, David on Sonic the Hedgehog is an absolute wild ride. Please stop um, saying his name. Please stop, stop saying his name. Ah! Hi kids, I'm Sonic. <laughs> stop it. Um, but moving on, uh, Dom, are you mm-hmm. a fan of um, old films? Like um, old films, I mean pre-1960s or 1970s, if you will? Uh, I'd, I'd say so. I again, I'm not as much. It's I'm very good at masquerading at being a film expert. It's like it's one of those, like, that's that's you basically what having a that's what having a film and TV degree is. It's just pretending that you're an expert in films when you know. You'll, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How many times have you been asked if you've seen a film and you've said yeah when you really haven't? I've mostly been very honest, I've got to say. I've just been out here. Has this just been exposed, David Campbell? I'm going to count. I'll, I, it's not a lot. Right, there have okay. been a, you see, when you're in the middle of a conversation, it's mm. always like, have you seen that? See, rather than have them explain everything about the movie to you, and you just mm. like nod and say yeah, and they can continue on with their conversation or what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just sometimes a bit easier, so I've done mm. it a couple of times, to be honest. Well, what I was going to say there was, are you a fan of um, people coming back from the dead and um, acting, Dom? Oh, right. I know what this is about. Uh, so James yeah. has risen from the grave and decided, yes, to, yes. decided to do a film called Finding Jack, which um, Captain, America himself, Captain America <laughs> yeah. himself was absolutely fizzing about. Um, yeah. But I think uh, James can do whatever he wants if he's coming back from the, the dead. So um, it's up to him. <laughs> but my opinion on this is um, I don't give a fuck because uh, they can do what they want but it'll cost a shitload of money but it's very strange why they've picked James Dean it's not James Dean that's going to be playing James Dean it's James Dean going to be playing a character in a film so it's weird it's a very strange thing to do oh, um, and it's very like um, look at me Oscar will kind of film which is what I'm seeing I, I didn't even realise that's what they were doing. So it's not James Dean playing himself. It's James Dean playing a different a character. character. Yeah, like, so they're, they're obviously going to do, like, what the, is it Peter Cushion? Am I getting that name yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Peter Cushion, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, from, like, Rogue One and, like, Leia, who even though wasn't dead, but they just kind of... So they're, they're getting this, um, like, obviously Marvel uses that technology a lot, um, where they, like, yeah. the, like, the youth a person, but mm-hmm. bring them back from the dead and using old footage and making their voice is it's unbelievably unsettling to me yeah, um, yeah. but again at the same time see if they pull it off I don't really see a problem with it I like, see a complete is problem it, with it it's, is it, so it's not even a character James Dean previously played no it's no. a to- no. here's the quote from them 
Right. We searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan. After months of research, we decided on James Dean. <laughs> that is so basically, a... <laughs> what they've said is there's no living actor who's good enough to do it. So we've got James fucking Dean that back is... in the day. That's... That is I'm, awful. I'm sorry. Do you, know what, I, I, do you know what it is, right? Look, you say you don't care, but see, like, ten years from now, when yeah. everyone's doing this and we're not giving young <laughs> actors a chance and we don't have any, like, good stars left, yeah. then we'll start to care. This, to me, is an is absolutely shambolic. Oh, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's one thing to, like, bring somebody back from the dead to play a character that they once played. Like, there's a whole debate about Peter Cushing. But if you're genuinely, I hate that as well. yeah, I I can completely understand that. I'm I'm kind of mixed on it myself. But it's like, if you're bringing back someone from the dead, if you're essentially recreating a person to play a character they never played in their lifetime, right? Like, like, is he going to get nominated for an Oscar for this? Oh my god! This is what I mean. I think it's very like if they do it well, they'll get an Oscar nod for like um. Fuck off! Like, like no, don't no. I have to agree with David on this one. I'm afraid. I think this is step too can far. I quote, can I quote? Look, the recently cancelled Jeff Goldblum to you. <laughs> they were so focused <laughs> on whether they could, they didn't stop to think whether they should. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They've not actually thought about the morals of this. Like, yeah. Actually, rest in peace, James Dean. They're not letting the guy rest in peace. Like the guy, yeah. he died premature, died at 24 before it was his time to go. Fair enough, a great actor. Leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> right, just let him. It's like with the WWE, they keep bringing back the Undertaker and making him fight. At one point, you're beating a dead horse. You know what I mean? Just leave him down and let him stay there. All right. It's to, to me, it's absolutely farcical. It's nonsensical. It's. It, I don't actually care if the movie ends up good or not because mm-hmm. to me, it's about the morality of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just it causes more problems than it's worth. You've mm-hmm. got this technology now. De-aging, I think, is a different thing, especially mm-hmm. if you're using it and the same guys do playing it in flashbacks. Yeah. That, to me, is a bit more forgivable. With this the, with this and the Peter Cushing example specifically, it's getting computers to give... See, acting, it's a very human thing. It mm-hmm. takes a lot. See, being on a set with an actor and actually mm-hmm. watching like the emotional toll it takes in them even deliver like the sort of simplest of lines because mm-hmm. it's the nerves, it's the human element to it. If you're telling me that a computer-generated image can give you that same vibe with a very human character and mm-hmm. a human story, I think that you're talking absolutely nonsense, and I'm just not... I'm completely against it. One, one thing on top of that, it's like, at least with Peter Cushing, right, you had this... So you had the... the oh, God, what was his name? What's the name of the actor who played who played Tarkin in Rogue One? Ah... Uh, uh, hang on. Ben Mendelsohn. No, it's no, no. no. Uh, the guy who played Tarkin in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Cushing. Yeah, I mean the guy playing Peter Cushing playing Tarkin. Oh, right. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea who that guy was because that's the problem. We don't know. Yeah, no, I mean? no, no. I do know. I do know his name. If you just, if I just remember. <laughs> if I just Google here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that's basically it. Um. Guy Henry, right? Because right. I know, because yeah, because he is a he is a well known actor, you know. And it was it was one of those cases where it's like you're using him to he, he did physically resemble Cushing, so it was more of a case of building on his performance. Whereas with this, right? So 
presumably, right, if they're trying to recreate James Dean, presumably that means they've got someone who physically resembles uh, oh, James yeah, Dean yeah. just enough. But no, if, there's no mention of that. Not, I mean, they must. Because, I mean, unless apparently it is going to be genuinely them using his image, yeah, and old footage mm-hmm. exclusively. I don't yeah. know. I don't think they will have even a name actor to do that. Yeah, like it, it, it's like that film. Uh, was it? Is it? I'm actually going to look this up again. Sorry. Um, Planet Eight from from outer Planet Nine from outer space. Where yeah, like didn't right. they bring back like who was it that they brought back using like archive footage? Um, don't know. Like. I, for some reason, I've got in my head it's Vincent Price, but I don't think that's right. It's, it's a problem I have with this new sort of obsession with nostalgia that we mm-hmm. seem to have. Everything in the past is like automatically better mm. in the minds of a lot of people in this day and age. Mm. And I, I think everyone's like, oh, you, I hate the phrase, you'll never get mm. anything as good as this again. Yeah. Because that to me is like mm-hmm. extremely defeatist for one. Yeah. And it's like, it says, oh, right, okay, so we've already passed her artistic mm. peak what the fuck is the point of making anything yeah. else then yeah you know what i mean I, f- I found the name by the way it was bill lugosi it was bill lugosi ah. that they brought ah. back in planet nine from outer space using unused footage of him they just kind of shoved him in after he died um exactly shove him in after he's dead yeah exactly. <laughs> and there's the whole issue of consent like what would james dean say about this yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like, yeah exactly i'm pretty like... sure james dean would have something to say you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, oh. it's it's say you're tearing me apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. Look, well, I I don't know, Luke. I don't know. I mean <laughs> it's a lot to take in, guys, to say the least. It's a lot. Um mm-hmm. but again, I don't care. So <laughs> well, um, I think you should care, but okay. You should care. We should be up in arms, look. Okay, see if I was up. Butter. See if I was... Don't you dare. Don't start that shit with me. I'm, I'm tweeting right now. <laughs> me and Luke agree. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, moving on to something else that'll get David on his Twitter. Raging is Disney Plus for the UK. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Disney Plus in the UK is coming out on March 31st, 2020. So, from just to keep in mind, from what, what I know is um, the US, it comes out this month. Uh, Australia comes mm-hmm. out this month. Mm-hmm. Um, Holland got it last month, um, but for some reason, United Kingdom um, is coming out four months later. Um, Dom, I would like your thoughts on this first because I can hear David's breathing from fucking miles away. As as oh, um, I, I, I'm tempted to just let let the to unleash the beast. Um, oh, as, as a, but uh, I don't know. I again. I don't have as strong feelings about it because a lot of the stuff that I'm interested in seeing is coming out later anyway. So it's like, I don't, I mean, I suppose it's a shame, but it's like, it's not something, I mean, I'm interested in the Mandalorian, but I'm not going to cry myself to sleep if I don't see it within the next oh, month. You are saying all the wrong things to David. <laughs> well, Dom's I mean, opinions it, do it, not reflect it, the rest it, of the it, panel. It's totally fair if you are, but it's just, it's it's one of those things where, like, again, a lot of the stuff that I'm looking forward to from Disney+, Plus, and that's presuming I find some way of paying for it, because you forget that, that I'm a student, and students do not have money. Um, but, like, 
it's all the stuff that I'm really interested in for Disney Plus is prob is coming out later anyway, so it's not a big of an issue as big of an issue for me if I don't get access to it now. But I can understand why for some other people that might be an issue. Speaking of which, here's well. the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I want to say this very clearly and calmly so that everyone will understand me. This like Vladimir Putin. It's like, I want to make this very clear. I understand that the issue is with international distribution rights. Mm-hmm. So Disney will not have the rights to some of their own films to, in- to distribute in the UK on this streaming service until the end of March 2020. That mm-hmm. is fine. What I don't understand is how the actual fuck they couldn't have launched the service on time with just the Mandalorian and the stuff they do have the rights to at a cheaper price until March 2020. Because now I'm going to have to wait till March 31st to watch the first ever Star Wars TV show. All right, I'm sick of it. It's nonsensical. I am in two seconds laid out a perfectly logical plan that they could have followed and implemented. But for some reason, the fucking idiots, including Uncle Bob, if you can even call him that now, Uncle Brick, he and his band of idiots couldn't put out this on time. It's a load of crap, and I'm sick of it. Uh, hey, Tell mom, dad, week. if you're if you're tuning in at this point, hello. <laughs> Damn it! I uh, feel like the guy who's at the Kilmarnock game with all those videos. That's who I feel. That's you, who I feel right now. You honestly sounded like Joaquin Phoenix at the end of Joker. It's just that um, you honestly sounded like him. <laughs> like, see if anyone wants to see this. Like, this is the embodiment of what David's tweets are like constantly. <laughs> See if you read David's tweets in that whole voice, then you understand my, my absolute feelings. Like, why? Um, listen, listen. So, The Mandalorian isn't going to come to the UK till March 31st. But, with modern technology, you are able to, more than capable of enough... To find the information earlier, I'm not saying anything illegal. I'm not telling legally, you. Legally, legally, I will not admit to doing that. <laughs> no one will admit to doing that. But I've just said for legal purposes, I cannot comment. But all I'm saying is, I would like to thank our sponsor NordVPN for sponsoring <laughs> this episode of First Time Films. Um, you can use NordVPN anywhere in the world, but you can't get any other sites, and you could possibly get somewhere else. I'm just saying, use NordVPN slash First Time Films, and right. you'll get your first purchase, and it's absolutely talking shite. But I'm just saying, David <laughs> is right. absolutely... I thought, I, thought I can't watch Lady in the Trump at Christmas time. No, um, I mean, David is a fun. Watch the original. Watch the original like a sensible human being. Well, I mean, David is originally raging because at the end of the day, he's not getting to see the Disney Plus original Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> I would, I would, look, I would watch everything they put on it. I'm the guy who is buying Disney Plus. Without announcing anything, I would have bought Disney Plus. I love Disney. Disney does not love me. Well, I mean, debatable. But um, 
I would just I just want to gloss over that the fact that it is strange, but as you said, David, it's very much a licensing issue. It's very yeah, much but... oh, David, we do love you. <laughs> <laughs> but um as as Dom clearly pointed out, all the good shit, all the like the good stuff your one division, your uh, Captain America, Falcon one as well. Like, yeah, the good shows aren't coming out till later on. And David, let's be honest. As soon as you get it, all this will be forgotten about because you'll have so much to watch. Five parts. As like, soon as I'm five episodes deep into the new Lizzie McGuire season, I'll be absolutely sound. You're right, but it's like <laughs> I want to know more than. But um. I just want to brush past that before David has blows another fucking gasket. But or start singing what dreams are made of from Please, Christ, <laughs> um, on a weekly basis, I need to hear him sing Cheetah Girls High School Musical, and if not, He Now by Liz McGuire, and I'm not having mate, it. Mate, Cheetah um, Girls, bring them back. <laughs> but on other news, the Joker film. Um, I sound like a pure dad there. I didn't understand what films are. The Joker the film. Jo- that, that Joker movie. That Joker I've seen it on the internet. Oh, um, yes. Uh, Victor, have you seen that uh, Joker movie? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I've seen that before. It made $900 million at the box office. It's the highest grossing superhero film? No, Not the highest grossing. The highest profitable. Most profitable. So the yeah, biggest the gap profitable. between yes. what it took to make and what it made. Well, so, well, well. It's very well. impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it's a huge feat. Considering if you've seen the film, it, it makes you question a lot of things. But people <laughs> are questioning how it's um, how it's made so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, or like, or like, but the Joker is a popular character, all in. And if you were to mention DC to anyone who doesn't even know about superheroes, the probably the first one that we go to is Batman, and therefore mm-hmm. the Joker. Um, he's been around since the thirties. People know him. People mm-hmm. love him. So this was, to my head, a, a bank, and like, I don't understand why people are surprised. I'm pretty sure I heard a story that Todd Phillips was actually given a smaller budget because they were originally going to have um, Jared Leto just keep, like, he's reprising his role, possibly. Yeah. But, but since, a... since it did so well, um, I think they'll now be like, oh, oh, well, Jared is out, out the running now, and Jared's raging anyway, but... Mm-hmm. If Jared's Jared's fuming. Jared didn't get a fair shot, but no, you know but what I mean. The thing is, if Jared was a nice person, he'd probably still have a job. Like, <laughs> like most of this has been self destruction because he had because he had to you know he had to give people used condoms in the set set of Suicide Squad. He had to get all upset when Hockey Dukes was cut. He had to get upset all his footage was cut. I mean, on some level, some of that fair enough. Uh, not the the just content thing. That's that's a bit too much. But like, yeah. I think a lot a lot of the reason why Jared Leto isn't coming back seems to be it's his attitudes. You know, he he seems difficult to work with. You know, so like it's it's entirely possible that this could have existed alongside his version of the Joker. And the only reason is does it it doesn't is it's entirely his fault. You know, mm. and so it's just I I I I struggle to have. To, I struggle to hold any sympathy with Jared Leto, frankly. You know, if he if he wanted to stick around, then he shouldn't be so, you know, such an egomaniac. To the, the panel is um, this exact same film. Uh, Dom, have you seen the Joker film? Yeah, yeah I've seen it, I've seen it. So, so you, the premise of it and everything about it and say it's mm-hmm. the exact same as it is mm-hmm. with Jared Leto in the role, do you think it would have still made 900 million? 
<laughs> I'm going to say no because I don't think that Jared Leto has the same sort of prestige as Joaquin Phoenix does. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually think in some circles, Jared Leto was a more recognisable name, so it's not about mm-hmm. star power. Mm-hmm. But when people saw Joaquin Phoenix in this role, what mm-hmm. they immediately thought was, oh, this must be a good movie. Because mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix only does good movies or does movies he wants to do. He's very selective with his projects. Mm-hmm. So see, when you have an actor like that attached to something, mm-hmm. it's like immediately like, oh, it's a positive, it's a boost. This is like a prestige film. Mm-hmm. Jared Leto already starred in the, as the Joker in a lackluster at best production. It wouldn't have got the same buzz, I don't think. Mm. It's, it's well, a... I mean, yeah, it's like it's one of those ones in in terms of like Jared been raging, but you can't deny. I mean, the best part about that film is Joaquin's performance mm. and the commitment he had to that role, and it's not the Joker that people are used to. And it's mm. the same thing again that people said when Heath Ledger's Joker came out. It's it's a whole different take in a Joker. It's a psychotic, mm. still psychotic nonetheless, but a different take on it. And I think Wacky mm. done an amazing job, and uh, he done so much fucking dancing in that film, and it mm. drives my head how much dancing he done. Mm. But um, well, you're laughing at it, but serious to me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. How awkward is that, man? But it's the best um, interview ever. I think the film's good. I do think it will win an Oscar, um, and I do think like it doesn't surprise me. This is how much it's made, but um, what I'm worried about, and I'm pretty sure you two will be as well, hopefully, mm-hmm. is the the uh, the sequel will happen, no doubt about it. Um, <sighs> and how are we feeling about that? I don't think it will happen. I think Joaquin will say no. Well, Joaquin's already said that he would do a sequel. I think he's just getting caught up in the moment. Mm. I think Joaquin will win his Oscar. He'll sit down and he'll think about it. And I think it's going to be one of those stages where we're going to hear for the next four years, oh, we're wanting him to make it the right script. Oh, we're not doing it till we get the right script. And I don't think the right script is going to come along. Mm. This, well, this... I, I mean, yeah, sure. But you've got also people are saying, which I hate, I really do hate this. You've got the Batman coming out. Yeah. Starring Robert Bat 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 Battenson. Robert Bat Bat Robert Batten Bat Robert. What was Robert, it, what was it? The Weekly Planet described it as Robot Batten Bat. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly what the Weekly Planet described it as. It is yeah, yeah. magnifique. Um, and I think uh, the whole the idea of them crossing over mm. the Batman crossing over with this Joker and this Joker be a lot older since it was the eighties and also yeah. Robert Bat Batten Bat is going to be. Uh, just starting off and stuff. I think that's an absolute horrible idea. Um, mm. But the idea is there. It's okay. presented to the Robert mm. Pattinson and he's like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. But I think that would be stupid. Mm-hmm. I, people say anything in interviews. I think, I I don't think, I think DC at this stage in the game is smarter than mm-hmm. they were five years ago. Yeah. I think they know that they need to keep the two worlds separate. Um, I think they are clicking on to the fact that not everyone can follow the Avengers MCU model and be successful. Um, and I I ultimately think that Matt Reeves' Batman film will be good, mm. but it'll be good in a different way. It'll be more of a mm. traditional superhero movie. Um, mm. And I think it'll be the most Arkham gamey, if that mm. makes sense, of the Batman films we've mm. seen. 
Um, but I don't think I don't think that they will make the mistake of crossing them over. Having mm. said that, I wouldn't expect to see a Joker in the Battinson universe for a mm. while. Mm. I, I don't think they would want to touch it simply because it is. Um, I, I think it would just ruin a lot of things. I think they want to do their own thing. But they yeah. talk about doing a long Halloween um, mm. and the Joker is part of that. It, it's going to be hard. I want them to do their own take on it. But then again, People... You could replace Joker with an R character in that, but though. You can't deny, if Walking Phoenix is somehow announced for this new film, you're not, like, people will see it simply because of how good he was in the first one. You know mm. what I mean? Like, he, yeah. is now, he is now a centre point of it all, and he mm. can do a lot with it. I, I mean, you look at the cast that movie's already got, it's mm. not as the way you look at a place. Like, like, we'll probably discuss next week, Luke, and uh, mm. Super News with Colin Farrell, Announced mm. as the Penguin and Andy Serkis well, announced as um, Alfred. Like well, it's mm-hmm. it's prestigious names that mm. are getting put into this movie now. You know, mm. oh, totally. Aye, it's it's turned into a whole new, like it, it is a whole new universe, and they want to base it off this Batman. And I think I think uh, Robert Batson will do a good job. I keep calling mm. him Batson now; it's absolutely habit now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's his uh, name now. I can't see them. I can't see them not talking Joaquin into doing it. You know what I mean? And, Joaquin yeah. will get a whole, whole talking him into it. I can't see <laughs> I can't see Joaquin turning down the truck stuff full of money that they roll out outside his cabin in the woods or however that freak lives. You know what I mean? Like Hey <laughs> enough shall as bang out. Yeah, I love how I love how we are allowed to to be venomous towards Amy Pascal, but in the moment someone says something bad about Joaquin Phoenix, that's a problem. <laughs> Not a fucking problem. Amy Pascal, honestly, oh. I hate her as well. She's such a fucking bitch. I met her once at a charity do once. And she was absolutely <laughs> not funny, not down to earth. And honestly, bitch. And she is right, right, Libby. Right, Libby. <laughs> She's, on band. She's on the band list. She's um, on the band list. Um, but, uh, I have no strong feelings regarding Amy Pascal. I just want to say that here and now. <laughs> That's not what you said in the break. But uh, That's not don't well, don't that, pub. That release is... the files. <laughs> release the secret tapes. Uh, release uh, the Snyder cut. <laughs> oh, don't start that. Oh, please not again. Uh, that's the end of part two. That's still the news I've got, guys. Unless. Oh. Um, and I'd like to just thank Dom for absolutely being a fantastic guest. Thanks oh, so thank much. thank you very much. That's lovely of you to say. Thank you. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, you've been yeah. absolutely great. Great points and uh, very knowledgeable. It's much better than the Nikki who just absolutely shouts. At... Well, to be fair, I mean, I mean, I always love Nikki over any guest because Nikki just sits and takes a piss out of trough no matter what. <laughs> um, so, but I know. Thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, that, it was a pleasure. I really had a lot of fun. I really had a lot of fun. Good. We'll hope to have you back soon. I mean, as yeah. long as uh, well, I'm in charge, so um, yeah, you'll be on. But I mean, Charles is at the end of the day, whip, like he pays my bills and uh, he's got me in a cage under his bed. So uh, mm. I really need to just do what he says. At the end of the it's day. not. It's not. actually surprised you. It's not in a kinky way. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. On that note, guys, uh, if I've not got anything else to say, I'd like to say thanks for listening and bye. Bye.